0: Welcome to the Huddo Community Church Podcast. HCC is located in Hutto, Texas, and is led by Pastor Russell Daniel. For more information, please check out our website at huttocommunitychurch.org. Now let's join Pastor Russell for today's message. This is our last message uh, in this series called Standing on the Promises, and I've really enjoyed this series, and it's been a whole lot of fun for me. And I hope that you guys have enjoyed it as well. And uh, we've looked at all sorts of different promises. And so today we finally are going to come to the last one. Uh, but each week we've asked the question uh, of you guys, what are you basing your life on? And I really mean that. I hope that you guys will reflect on that even in this moment. Like, what is the point of your life? Like, what is the foundation of your life? Is it, is it comfort? Is it happiness? Is it a relationship with somebody else? Is it succeeding in school or athletics or work? What are you basing your life on? And I hope that more than anything throughout this series, you have been reminded of the promises of God and that you have turned your mind and your heart towards the Lord Jesus Christ and began to re-solidify that foundation that is Jesus Christ and that you will rest in His promise Uh, of giving peace and supplying all of your needs and to give you rest and the other things that we have talked about. And so I I really pray that this has been uh, a lot of fun for you guys. Now, this last week, I had some friends who their kids started school uh, down in uh, the Pflugerville School District. And uh, I know that for those of you who are here in Hutto, you're starting school this week, or those of you with kids in school, And uh, this kind of kicks off, this week begins uh, the fall semester, right? And I I really love the fall semester. It really begins my favorite time of year. And I look forward to all the fun things that happen, like uh, football kicking off again, Major League Baseball playoffs, uh, hunting season is around the corner, and praise the Lord, hopefully cooler weather, right? And we're all so excited for that and looking forward to those things, and I love the holiday season. So even at this time of year, I begin to make plans for the holidays and Thanksgiving and Christmas and being with our family. And I get excited for those things. I really look forward to those. And for some of us, we, we really love to have something to be able to look forward to. Like we want to look forward to that weekend away with our spouse or, or the vacation that we're going to take. Uh, to wherever we've never been before, or uh, a weekend with the grandkids, right? I mean, uh, grandparents love the opportunity to be around their grandkids, and we love looking forward to things. And even for those of us who uh, maybe we got to get back in shape, oftentimes we'll set a goal out there, right? Like, I'm going to run a 5K, or I'm going to run a 10K, or whatever it is, so that we have something that keeps us focused and keeps us persevering when times are hard so that we can celebrate at the end of that time. So in the same way, Jesus has given us a promise for us to be able to look forward to. And so that promise is that I am coming soon. So if you will take your Bible tonight, if you'll go to Revelation chapter 22, let me help you, it's the very last page of the Bible. So just turn there, and we're going to look at three different verses very quickly here. So in that place, Revelation chapter 22 and verse 7, Jesus says, And behold, I am coming soon. Blessed is the one who keeps the words of prophecy in this book. Skip down to verse 12. Again, behold, I am coming soon, bringing my recompense with me to repay each one for what he has done. And then finally in verse 20, he who testifies to these things says, surely I am coming soon. Amen. Come, Lord Jesus. Make... No mistake about it, Jesus is coming soon. He's going to return to this earth and bring this world that we know to an end and begin His heavenly kingdom. Now, I'm not trying to, like, scare you tonight or make you think that, oh, man, the world's going to end this week. I better get my life right. I mean, I hope you do get your life right, but that's not what this message is about. It is about remembering that Jesus promised that He is coming, and He will come one day. And we find that Jesus gives us uh, some words, like we can't can't put a time frame around this, and we would love to, and people have tried to for millennia, and and even theologians today argue about what the end of the world is going to look like and what it's going to look like when Jesus comes back. But Jesus tells us in Matthew 24, in verse 36, He says, "...but concerning that day and hour, no one knows, not even the angels of heaven." nor the Son, but only the Father. So we've got this kind of interesting uh, situation here for Jesus says, on the one hand, I am coming soon. But then he says, no one knows the day or the time that this is going to happen. And so that leaves you and I in kind of an interesting position because uh, on the one hand, we want to be ready for Jesus to come and to take us home to be with him forever. But on the other hand, man, we don't know. It could be today, it could be tomorrow, it could be next week, or it could be next year, or it could be 150 years or 1,000 years after our lifetime. We don't know. Jesus goes on to emphasize this point in Matthew 24, and he says it's going to be like what happened in the days of Noah. People were eating, they were eating and drinking and marrying and being given in marriage all the way up until the day the flood actually came, and by then it was too late. So Jesus says, stay awake and be ready for this time. And I think it's really interesting. Uh, He goes on and says, um, in verses down from there, in verse 42, he says, therefore stay awake, for you do not know what day your Lord is coming. So if we have this interesting situation, Jesus says, I am coming soon on this side. And then he says, but no one knows the time of this coming. How are you and I to live with that tension in our lives? I think it's a great question, and it's worth exploring. And so I would say, number one, we are to live on purpose. We are to live on purpose. So here's what I mean by that. You drop down to Matthew 25, and Jesus just kind of continues what He's talking about. And He tells us two very interesting parables, one about ten virgins who are waiting for the bridegroom to arrive. And in that day and time, weddings were a lot different, and so uh, sometimes you didn't know when the bridegroom was going to actually show up, so you had to be ready and waiting for that time. And you guys remember the story that there were five uh, wise virgins and there were five foolish ones. And the five wise ones were ready and they uh, had brought oil for their lamps, but the five foolish ones did not. And so when the bridegroom came, they trimmed their lamps and the, the five wise ones had enough oil for that time and they went in with the bridegroom. But the five foolish ones were left out of that party. They were left out of the wedding because they had to go and buy oil for their lamps. So we are to always be ready. But then he tells another parable, and it's the parable of the talents. And that's probably one of my favorite parables because uh, the Lord says, use what you have been given in this life to make the very most of it. And at the end of time, really, we're going to be uh, looked in the face and look Jesus eye to eye and say, okay, what is it that we did with our life? So on the one hand, we are to be ready and, and always say, come Lord Jesus, we are ready. But on the other hand, we are not to waste the life that we have been given and spend it frivolously. For some who look to the coming of Christ, they say, oh, well, it's coming soon. So you know what? I just don't have to try in life anymore. You know, maybe I don't need to take care of of business and maybe I shouldn't finish school because Jesus is going to come back in a couple of years. And so that would be a foolish thing for us to say because we are to be on purpose, to live on purpose. When you look at the life of Jesus, specifically his ministry, he only had a ministry that was three years long. And one would think that Jesus would have been in a hurry to get everything done to teach the disciples everything they needed to know in that short period of time. But what we find is the exact opposite. Jesus was always trying to withdraw and to get away, trying to go to a desolate place or go off to the mountain to pray, to send the disciples away, trying to escape the crowds and the pressure of all of the people. Yet at the same time, he was able to accept invitations to dinner parties and to be a gracious guest and enjoy the company he was around. But he was very purposeful in what he did all the time. And so I think you and I are to take a lesson from the life of Jesus and to live on purpose but not live in such a way that we are frantic and kind of act like a lunatic. Because we've all seen those people who say the end of the world is coming and and say things that really just push people away from Jesus. But to be about our business, to do a good job, to use the talents we've been given to honor the Lord is more of a witness than being the one frantically preaching the gospel on the corner. And I would say if we're going to be a people who live on purpose, I would remind you of something that we've talked about earlier this summer that we've got to be a people who constantly are listening to Him. John 10, 27. You guys know that passage. My sheep hear my voice. I know them, and they follow me. If you and I are going to live on purpose, we've got to be sensitive, to be still, and to listen to the voice of the Spirit in our lives. For oftentimes in that quiet moment, when we are still before the Lord, we find that He directs us to live our life in a purposeful way that we would have never thought of on our own. We're to listen to Him. But I think also not only are we to live on purpose to be about the Lord's work, to be about that great mission that He has given us, but we're to persevere in suffering. We're to persevere in suffering. This message is all throughout Scripture, and it completely puts the health and wealth gospel to an end, right? Because if Jesus suffered, if Paul suffered, if Peter suffered, if the disciples suffered, how much more are we also going to participate in that with the Lord Jesus? And so I, I would just remind you of some of the scriptures that, that talk about enduring and persevering through suffering. James chapter 1, verses 2-4, through 4, some of my favorite verses. Count it all joy, my brothers, when you face trials of many kinds. Why? Because you know that the testing of your faith produces steadfastness. And let steadfastness have its full effect, that you might be mature and complete, lacking in nothing. This world is not about accomplishing and doing things. It's about uh, growing our character, becoming more Christ-like as we follow Him day by day. It's also James chapter 5, verses 7-11. through 11. Be patient, therefore, brothers, until the coming of the Lord. See how the farmer waits for the precious, precious fruit of the earth, being patient about it until he receives the early and late rains. You also be patient." Establish your hearts, for the coming of the Lord is at hand. Do not grumble against one another, brothers, so that you may not be judged. Behold, the judge is standing at the door. As an example of suffering and patience, brothers, take the prophets who spoke in the name of the Lord. Behold, consider those who, uh, those blessed who remained steadfast. You have heard of the steadfastness of Job, and you have seen the purpose of the Lord how the Lord is compassionate and merciful. See, I wonder what it is that is difficult in your life today. I wonder what it is that uh, is causing you to stay up at night, causing you to lose sleep. What is that thing that you continue to pray about over and over and over again? Is it your marriage? Is it work? Is it is it government? Is it uh, the 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 race conflict that we can't seem to get over? Is it the coming election? Is it fear that the wrong party is going to elect a president? I mean, what, what is that thing that, that keeps you up at night? Where is your struggle at? I would tell you, brother or sister in Christ, continue to be steadfast in your faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. He never promised that life would be easy. In fact, the exact opposite, that it would be cruel and unfair. Yet He is with you. He is the one who has promised peace. He is the one who has promised to meet our needs. He is the one who has promised that He is coming soon, and at that time, He will make right every wrong. He will wipe every tear from your eye. Be steadfast, persevere through difficult times. First Peter chapter 4 reminds us of this as well. It says, Beloved, do not be surprised at the fiery trial when it comes upon you to test you, as though something strange were happening to you. <laughs> I love that scripture because it reminds me that <laughs> suffering is just part of life, and Jesus has promised to see us through it. But then I think if, if we're going to rest in this promise, Jesus is coming soon, it reminds us that we're going to have to have hope for the next life. The church in Thessalonica obviously had some fear about this. And so Paul writes to them in chapter 4 of 1 Thessalonians, and and he says there, verse 13, "...but we do not want you to be uninformed, brothers, about those who are asleep, that you may not grieve as others do who have no hope. For since we believe that Jesus died and rose again, Even so, through Jesus, God will bring with Him those who have fallen asleep. For this we declare to you by a word of the Lord, that we who are alive, who are left until the coming of the Lord, will not precede those who have fallen asleep. For the Lord Himself will descend from heaven with a cry of a command, with the voice of an archangel, and with the sound of the trumpet of God, and the dead in Christ will rise first. Then we who are alive, who are left, will be caught up together, with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. And so we will be with the Lord always. Therefore, encourage one another with these words. And so I think Paul points out some really great things here. Number one, that uh, our hope is in the gospel of Christ, for it is Jesus who died and rose again. And so that is that is the essence of the gospel, right? Like that's where we place our hope and our trust and, and the one who died for our sins and took our place that we might have that relationship with the Lord. And then he encourages us and says, hey, we don't weep like the rest of creation. We have a hope that is different. We have a hope that those who have died in the Lord, they are going to be raised again and we will have fellowship with them again. And oh, not to mention, they are with the Lord at this very moment. So we do not weep and wail as the world does. It doesn't mean we're not sorry. It doesn't mean it doesn't hurt. It doesn't mean sometimes it's not unfair, but it means that we have a different kind of hope, that our hope is not in the things of this world, but our hope is in that day. It is in the next life because this life is the short one and the next one is the long one. So our hope, again, is not for today, but it is for that day. And so we're to have that kind of perspective that, that, man, we put so much trust in the things of this world. And what Christ reminds us of is that it's really about the next life. I remember, or I think back to our, our series earlier this year, we talked about the afterlife and we talked about, We talked a lot about heaven, and we talked about those who've had near-death experiences and who have experienced uh, what it's like to be in heaven for just a few minutes, and I'm reminded by their stories of how good the Lord is, how wonderful heaven is, so, so much so that it makes this life seem as if we were dead, because that is where life really is to experience the love of Christ and to see Him face to face and understand that there is no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus, but there is only love and care and concern. And those are the things that we are to hope in. We're to hope for the next life, not this one. So you say, okay, Russell, well, that all sounds well and good. And I like it that Jesus says, I am coming soon, but it's been almost 2,000 years since then, so uh, help me understand that one. And again, I think that's a great question because I asked it. And so uh, I think first, or Second Peter has an answer for us. So in 2 Peter chapter 3, in verses 8 and 9, we read this. But do not overlook this one fact, beloved, that with the Lord... A day, as is, as, I'm sorry. A day is as a thousand years, and a thousand years as one day. The Lord is not slow to fulfill His promise, as some count slowness, but is patient towards you, wishing that, uh, not wishing that any should perish, but that all should reach repentance. And so, I just want to point out a couple of things out of this verse. Number one, God is outside of time. His timing is not like our timing. So when He says, I am coming soon, He is coming soon. But secondly, what we experience as slowness of the Lord to come is really an experience of His grace. Because more and more people are allowed to enter into the kingdom of God. And so for us, that really brings us back to point number one, that we're to be a people who live on purpose because the last words that Jesus left us with before he left this earth was, go therefore and make disciples of all nations and baptize them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. And lo, I am with you always to the very end of the age. And so we are to be a people who are about the mission of God, who are about expanding this grace that we have been given so that others can experience it also. And so I think about the Lord's grace. And, you know, 2020 has been a difficult year for many people. For many of you, it's been a very difficult year. You've experienced some very hard things. I think about... um, All of the things that have gone on, I think about even those of you who are not here tonight and watching us online and and the things that you've experienced in 2020 has been a rough year. None of us on January 1st would have said, man, this is what's going to happen in 2020. We're going to have a worldwide pandemic. Uh, We're going to have more race riots in the United States, and and we're not going to be able to unify like we ought to be able to do. I mean, we've got things like murder hornets and hurricanes and all kinds of other crazy stuff. And oh, by the way, we have a presidential election that's going to happen at the end of the year. So don't forget that's coming too. And so 2020 is not shaped up to be what we would have expected. But when I pause and think about all that has happened this year, I think about all the prayer requests that God has answered. I see his hand of blessing on each and every one of your lives. From the, the small prayer requests that, that are answered in the day to day to the big, lifelong prayer requests that we've seen answered this year in our church. And I think, wow, man, throughout all of this, God has been so good to us. You think about our transition away from ACF and becoming Hutto Community Church, it couldn't have been smoother. You think about the generosity of our people and the generosity of God on our lives. You think about all the people who've lost jobs. And and for the most part, I think our our church has been well supplied. And God has covered us and protected us. And so it's amazing just to think back that in the midst of of all the craziness that's happened, we have experienced that grace that Peter talks about in those verses. And so I would just wonder, during this time where, where the Lord is doing some really awesome things, I wonder what it is in your life that you would still ask of Him. Like, is there something in your life that, that maybe you haven't told anybody, maybe you don't want anybody to know, but you would say, man, if there was a miracle God could do for me, this would be it. I wonder if the Lord would do that for you this year. I wonder if he would meet you in that deep, dark place and if he would minister to your soul and if he would answer your prayer request. And so, as a church, we want to pray for those things. We want to hold one another up. We want to encourage one another for that day is coming. The Lord says, I am coming soon, and indeed he is. But until then, we're to be a people who live on purpose who persevere through hard times and put our hope in the next life, not in this one. And so I would challenge you, church, where is it that the Lord is pushing on your heart? Where is it that you don't even want to admit that he's working? May that place is so tender. I would just ask you to surrender that to the Lord tonight. So here's what we're going to do. We're going to end tonight, and I'm going to pray for you guys, and I'm going to stick around up front. And if you'd like some prayer for something, for those of you here, then I'll meet you there. And for those of you who are online, we've got our our prayer email, which is prayer at huddocommunitychurch.org. And I'd love for you just to send us an email so that we can also join you in prayer tonight and hope to see the Lord do even more before he comes again. Let us pray. Thank you for joining us. If you enjoyed today's podcast, you can subscribe, share it with your friends, or visit our website at huddocommunitychurch.org. Thanks again for listening, and God bless.